From one islander to another, Isle of Wight Radio proudly presents John Hannam Meets. Delighted to welcome back to John Hannah Meets Sophie Ward. We met young lady many years ago in Southampton. Ah, right? yes, at the Mayflower. Yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yes. With a great mate of mine, a guy called Shane Ritchie. Mm, yeah, yes, he was playing the Jack Nicholson part. He was, yeah. He was great, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Many years ago, he worked on the Isle of Wight in a holiday centre. Oh, that's right. He was a blue That's coat. how he started out. That's where I first saw him, yeah. Mm. You're currently on the British tour of The Exorcist, and uh, I've just seen it. And uh, how long does it take you to come out, <laughs> come out of the park? Uh, well, now it's, it's, we've been doing it for a few weeks, so it's not too bad. Um, when I first read the script, I was thinking that's going to be very hard to do because it's such a dark piece, and I thought it would be... Um, you know, it'd take you to a dark place as an actor, but um, it doesn't feel like that at all when you're doing it, actually. It, it, it feels like you're telling a really good story and you're part of the story, and obviously it's emotional, but it's quite cathartic, I find. Yeah, the last, well, the last 25 minutes, 30 mm. minutes, amazing. Mm. Loved it. Oh, good. But it's good the whole way through, but it builds gradually, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. Right, so, Mum and Dad met at drama school, didn't they, many years ago? That's Your right, and Dad? yes, yes. That was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> it's just as well for me. <laughs> yes. I know you told me many years ago mum and dad weren't that keen to sort of, for you to follow suit. Mm, no, that's true. That yeah. happens a lot, doesn't it, mm, Sophie? Yeah, it does. I think, well, and I was the same with my, my children. Um, I wasn't keen, but I still have one who's an actor. I don't know why it is, and it's quite hypocritical because I really love my job. But uh, there's something about feeling protective about your children, about all the rejection and the sort of, you know, the vagaries of the job, which uh, is quite challenging. It's not the job itself. The job itself is great. It's all the other stuff. Yes. <laughs> you could have been a ballet dancer, but you were a bit tall, weren't you? I was too tall. Um, <laughs> now I'm now I'm grateful, I guess. Not grateful that I was too tall, but grateful that I didn't carry on and then find out that I was not the right shape for it. Um but, yeah, I mean, that's a really hard job. Yes. Mm. When you did that J.B. Priestley play early mm. on, I think you were only about 10. I was, yeah. Did that sort of shape your life? Did you want to do that after that, did um, you think? Yes, well, I joined the Anna Sher Theatre, which was our local theatre group, um, against my parents' wishes, but I guess they just thought, oh, well, it's just a local club. It was 10 pence for an hour and a half. And <laughs> Gosh. We were, yeah, and we were just, you know, having fun. Um but there were a load of really great kids there and people started casting them um, and I sort of got swept up in that, which was nice for me. And I, I always wanted to do that and I loved that side of ballet, which was the expression and the creativity and imagination and stuff. I'd carried on working as an actor and then when I found out I couldn't do ballet anymore, I could carry on storytelling through doing you know, TV and theatre. When I see ballet, I always miss the talking. <laughs> Yes, there's not a lot of talking, no. is there? No. In the 80s, you were... I've seen you described as one of the faces of the 80s, mm. as a model. Mm, that's right. When I was at school, um, I was lucky enough to be um, working as a model for a few years 
and uh, that was very very lucrative and very nice. I got to travel a lot. It wasn't terrifically exciting, I have to say. Wasn't it? No. <laughs> to stand around in clothes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It must have been exciting when you were on the front of all those fashion magazines. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't at all. It? No, it was quite weird. Um, people at school just teased me about <laughs> it. Um, and uh, it made you feel a bit odd. It, 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 yeah, it was, I mean, it was, as I say, it was nice for the bank balance. And, and I got to see some nice places. But um, it, it wasn't very exciting. <laughs> but you were in Vogue and Tatler and all those. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, you made a movie with the one and only Liz Taylor. That's true, I did. And wow. that was amazing. That was yeah. a big year of my life um, in my early 20s uh, with Franco Zeffirelli directing. Mm. Yeah, that was a wonderful experience. Was she OK? Did you get on well? Yeah, sure. She was incredibly generous and lovely and also quite chaotic. And, uh, you know, her life was so uh, challenging. She had so many things going on and health issues and stuff. But... Um, she was always had this beautiful, generous spirit, um, and it was obviously a great privilege to be able to work with her. I love your early career because you worked with her, and you worked with Spielberg, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. yeah. That was, well, good for you, wasn't it, being so young, really? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was very lucky, yeah. And Little Dorrit, there were some brilliant actors in that. Alec yeah, Guinness was in it, amazing cast, and a beautiful film that Christine Edzard directed and designed so beautifully she did everything she was hand printing the material on the costumes as well as directing really? it yeah real attention to detail when you were young and growing up did sort of famous people come to your house did you have sort of movie stars come along and you um, not well I don't know really sometimes I don't I wouldn't have known them but now I look when I sometimes when I talk to my mom she'll say oh yes well Joe Wharton came to tea that day and you know, that all sounds really interesting, but I was too little to, to, to really remember that. And I did travel around with my parents a lot on film sets when uh, Dad was working. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there were lots of uh, interesting people. But, you know, you're in your own child's world, aren't you? Whether somebody's famous or not isn't really a thing. No, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to mention one or two of my favourites, Shell Seekers. I, I watched that quite a lot. Cause did it's... you know that that's written by the same guy who wrote this? No, I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't know either until wow. until uh, a couple of weeks into rehearsal. That's quite amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Because I was thinking of you and Shell Seekers. And, Slightly different. And the language you have to use in this one. Yes, and I thought, far I cry from, isn't it? I have it, really? never sworn so much on stage in my life. It's actually quite liberating. <laughs> I'm sure it is, yeah. <laughs> And obviously coming from the Isle of Wight, my dear friend Celia Emery, who, oh, yes. who lived there for many years, and you did a few with her. You did a Dark Adapted Eye, didn't That's you? That's right, yes. That was a really yeah. fun job, and we had a lovely time on that. We played sisters, and uh, we've, we've remained friends ever since. Didn't she kill you in that? Did she, did she kill She did, yes. <laughs> in fact, usually I, 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 I get killed. My children always say, how are you going to die in this? Actually, I met Tristan earlier, and, and uh, he's a friend of Celia's. That's right. And I had a message from her, so that was nice, wasn't it? Oh, lovely, yes. <laughs> I loved A Village Affair. I've got that on DVD, and I do watch it quite a lot. And uh, you and Kerry mm. Fox, I thought you were terrific oh, in that. Thank yeah. you, thank you. That was one of uh, the big television shows for you, really, wasn't it? A lot mm. of people watched it, didn't they? Yeah. I, in I interviewed her at the Young Vic and she just had a baby. Aww. In the next dressing room, she put the baby and she said, if the baby cries, we'll have to stop. But the baby didn't cry. Oh, that's good. That's good. 
And I still enjoy watching Heartbeat, of course, because oh, the repeats yes. are on, aren't they? They are always on. It's, yes. It's a permanent feature of our television schedule. <laughs> the other week I missed a couple, and by the time I'd come back, you died, I think. Oh, <laughs> oh dear, yes, I was blown up rather Because you were a doctor in that, weren't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Did you enjoy that series? I did, I loved it. It was a really nice group of people in, filming in the most beautiful part of England. It was lovely. Geoffrey was in it when you were in it, Geoffrey Hughes? Just for a bit. We overlapped for a bit, yeah. yes. And then Gwen Taylor came in and yes. sort of took that part, yeah. And, and of course Bill was in it in the early days. Yes. Bill Minor, wasn't he? yeah. So Helen Trent and then Helen Walker. You got married, didn't you? That's that? right, yes. Yeah. Got married to the policeman. Yes. <laughs> It was the policeman always went for the doctor or the nurse. Yes, that, well, I, I mean, it's called heartbeat, so I <laughs> yeah. guess that's, you know. And Langirls, of course. Yes. Lady Ellen, wasn't it? That's Oxley right, that. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That ran to a few series, didn't it, Yes, Sophie? we did three series, and, and that was lovely because we filmed it in the summer in um, on location in in England, and that's always the best time to film in England. Oh, yes. If you've got to go on location. Um, and so, yeah, it was lovely. Again, really amazing group of people, really fun. And you did The Nanny and Peak Practice, Inspector Lindley, Lewis, New Tricks, Holby City, Casualty. Is it good going into a successful series for a, a one-off sort of guest? Yeah, role? I mean, it's nice, uh, you know, because it's always very smooth and everybody knows what they're doing. Of course, it's not your show. So when we were doing something like Land Girls or Heartbeat, you know, we're in it all the time and then it's lovely because you have a sort of proprietary feeling to it and you know everybody, you know the crew. When you go in as a guest on something, it's different because you don't know anybody and you're the newbie and the new girl at school. So that's always a bit more nerve-wracking. Open University. Last time we met, you'd passed, I think. Um, yes, I got that degree and I'm just about to finish my PhD. Are you? Yeah. And you were doing creative writing as well? That's right, yes. Have you continued with that? Or? Yes, my first novel comes out in February. Does it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Was that easy for you? or? Um, no, definitely wasn't easy, but it's been a great sort of counterbalance to being on the road and performing because, as you know, being an actor is very collaborative and lovely for that reason. But with writing, you, you're, you're more solitary. But um, I like to have that little bit of autonomy. It's quite nice. Because Celia Emery, back, going back to Celia, mm. she's written a few novels, yes, hasn't she? Yes, she has, very successfully. And I think she used to go to Nice to write them, I think. Ah, well, that's a good place to go, isn't it? Yes. You've got married since we last met as well, which really? is exciting. Yeah. 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 Well, I uh, I met my partner 23 years ago, and so we've had to be married a few times because of the different changes in the law. Yes. Because uh, when we first met, we couldn't get legally married, but um, now now it's uh, now it's all legal. Yeah. I was a great fan of Dad, and uh, it was a great actor, and made quite a lot of. Huge movies, didn't yes, you, really? Yes, did, yeah. What do you remember about those days? You must have been very young, were you? Were you... Uh, I was. Um, I think he did Young Winston. I was about eight. Wow. Um, and uh, that was that was a big change for, in their life, obviously. Oh, but, yes. Um, I don't hugely remember that, you know, the change for me, except that it was lovely. He was filming in Africa and... That was uh, an amazing time because we were there for several months. Suddenly he became world famous, didn't he? That's with, right, With, with yes, a couple of really yes. big movies. Yeah. 
I know when I interviewed him many years ago, he was always still getting asked to do juvenile parts and he was oh, yeah. far beyond the normal age. <laughs> well, that's, that's all right, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> so what about your future career? I noticed a couple of things called, is it Swiper Right? Have you, do you know uh, about Yeah, it? I just finished filming on that. That's a, that's a horror film. Is it? With a new director. Yeah, that was good. And Picture Perfect Royal Christmas, do you know about it? Yeah, um, we just did, uh, it's one of those Christmas fairy tales, right. you know, with a, with a happy ending. Are you an ambitious actor? Do you, are there parts you really want to play or do you just take what comes? I tend to take the things that I like that come along and I don't have particular roles I want to do, but when a really lovely role comes along, even if I'm feeling like I'd like a break, I can't resist it, I always end up saying yes I'd like to do that because it's exciting to do something completely different. Well we go back to uh, The Exorcist which is something completely different for you. It is yes. What are your thoughts on it then? Obviously it's it's a good play isn't it? And it... Yeah I think it's really interesting and I'd, I'd uh, as I said I had my worries about it at first I thought it was going to be very dark I've never really seen anything like this on stage no. before. <laughs> Um, and I hadn't seen the film. I still haven't seen the film because I'm not a big fan of uh, watching horror films. I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> um, but uh, but doing the rehearsal with our lovely director Sean Mathias, um, we dis- you know you discover all these other parts of it. And I think obviously my particular role is to try and save my daughter's life. So that was a quite solid through line as a as an actor to think well that's what I've got to try and do obviously they're all there and the effects are brilliant I think and the people really enjoy the show for that part of it but from my point of view it's just there's this little girl my daughter and I want to try and save her life you want to have a rest I know so thanks for your time and I'd like to wish your career continued success and yours thank you very much now Back in 1985, a show came to the Isle of Wight called Perchance to Dream. Oh, right? I'm the novello. Yes, mm. and I interviewed Dad. Mm. So when this comes out on air, yes. it's you, and then I'm going to have what I call a Hannah archive. I found the interview from 1985 oh. with Dad. How lovely. So you and Dad will be in the same show. Oh, that's very touching. Thank you I so thought you, much. I told you you had a surprise. Yes. Well, now I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> Sophie Ward, thanks for your time as ever. Thank and you. Uh, lovely to see you again. Thank you. John Hannum, can't cook, won't cook, but what a sexy voice. Grateful thanks to Sophie Ward and the rest of the cast, Paul Nicholas, Susanna Edgeley, Joseph Wilkins, Ben Kaplan, Tristram Wymark, Patrick Toomey and Stephen Billington. And the rest of the tour includes the Alexandra Birmingham, the Opera House Manchester, the Gaiety Dublin, the King's Edinburgh, the Eden Court Inverness and Her Majesty's Aberdeen. And now we're going back to 1985 when I interviewed Sophie's father, Simon Ward. Another Hannum Archive. Some actors need no real introduction at all, and my guest tonight certainly falls into that category. Simon Ward, welcome to the Isle of Wight. Thank you very much. Simon, let's go back to those very early days. You sort of turned up at Northampton, I think, as a, as a, in your very first professional 
production. What were your thoughts at that sort of time? What were your ambitions, really, in those very early days? Well, I suppose the same ambition that I've always had, really, which was to, um, which was to work, which is, I think, probably the... Um, the most sort of overreaching of all actors' ambitions is just to find a job. And having been very lucky and having left RADA, I've been offered this job at Northampton, which was to last for... Um, well, I was going to go there for a couple of years, really. And um, I was, you know, going to be the, the younger leading man. So that was my idea when I went there. Um, it was the most wonderful start to a career because it's such a beautiful theatre. And to start off at that sort of... It was the right sort of level to start off at, too. Um, but then... You know, fate and chance intervene in the way that they do. And um, uh, I'd only been there, uh, I think I'd only done one production there when I was asked to um, play the lead in a West End play because they needed someone uh, to play a public schoolboy. And <laughs> I was looking very young at the time, uh, but in fact wasn't. And so I was immediately, I know, I, within a few months of leaving RADA, I was in the West End over the title, which is really rather... Um, <laughs> Well, it's jolly lucky if you... Do you, you count yourself as being one of the lucky youngsters of, of that sort of time, really, do you? Oh, very much so, yes. Chances come, I think, big chances come about sort of once every ten years, I reckon. And they they come for lots of actors, but quite often you you can't pick up the chance because you're doing something else. The, the, the trick is to be available at the time when the chance comes along. <laughs> then you sort of gradually got into Shakespeare and, and sort of lots of classic acting fairly quickly too, didn't you? Well, I mean, I've been trained in the, in the classical theatre... I was in the National Youth Theatre from when I was 13, and so we did... Well, by the time I'd left there, by the time I'd left RADA, I played, um, I played Hamlet three or four times, and I played Richard II, and um, lots of fairly big, meaty Shakespearean roles. And so it was... I always expected to become a classical actor, but in fact that's never really happened. I mean, I've done a lot of classical work, and I've been at the National... Uh, but... Somehow or other, my career didn't really sort of go in that direction. It's, it's very curious. I suppose the movies really sort of established you as, as a, a, a national figure in a way, but you sort of went from Frankenstein in about 69 to, to Winston Churchill in about 72. Yes, uh, well, it was something like that. Yes, I suppose <laughs> it, was, it was. When I think back on it, I mean, Frankenstein and um, a couple of other films I did at about that time, they seem a lifetime away, <laughs> whereas Winston seems almost only yesterday. What really did that sort of mean, in a way, to your career? I mean, it got you world fame pretty instantly, really, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it means an awful lot. What happens is that if you play a, a huge part in a, you know, in a film of that nature, then you, the worldwide publicity then rebounds back into British publicity, and you suddenly find yourself... You know, and they spend a lot of money on it as well, making you famous, and you... You you get a quantum leap. It's an entire. It's a very strange experience um, that you go from one. I mean, I'd always been because I used to do a lot of television. I'd always been recognised in the street, and you know, people in supermarkets used to ask their autograph and things. But you know, one in a thousand, and suddenly, it's sort of everybody on the street recognises you, and it's it's most peculiar, unnerving experience. You you really enjoyed. Making that film, did you? Oh, I enjoyed making the film a lot. Yes, I didn't. I don't particularly enjoy the unnerving experiences <laughs> did you like on the street. When, when you when you saw the rush? No, never. I never. I know. Oh no, hateful. Uh, absolutely hateful. I remember <laughs> the first. We didn't see any rushes for about three or four weeks, and um, then they showed them all together. So it was like really watching a rough assembly of the last third of the film, and um, I was in terrible, terrible despair afterwards because I'd somehow, I'd worked very hard on preparing for it, and I'd worked pretty hard while we were shooting it. 
in a sort of disciplined way. It was so important, not just for myself, but it was obviously an important picture, so you feel a great sense of responsibility to everyone. So I think I probably did work harder than I'd ever done before or ever needed to do before. And somehow I thought that when the rushes started, I was going to see Winston Churchill on the screen. You know, I mean, I really did. And of course it wasn't. It was me again. You know, boring old me. I mean, you know, the old me that I see getting out of the bathroom, except wearing more clothes. And, and it was a terrible shock. I was deeply disappointed and upset and uh, thought that I'd let myself down rather badly and couldn't understand why I hadn't been given a sack. <laughs> did the things like Aces High and Four Feathers and, and those other, the, the vet films, did, did they sort of come directly from that, do you think, really, looking back? Well, what happens is if you play a movie like that, it puts you into a different um, uh, casting group, really. Instead of being 50th on the list, you're in the top five. And so, yes, of course, everything does come from that, really. And if you're not in that group, then you really stand very little chance of being cast them. And that's why, you know, the, say, the same actors are working all the time, really. I mean, it's, but that's the same anywhere in the business. I mean, there are about 10% who are working all the time, and 5% of those are doing very good things all the time. And then the other 90% of actors are having to look around for jobs. Why does Simon Walk come into a, it's a lovely musical, Perchance to Dream? Is that a challenge for you, something different, really? Yeah, I guess it was. Good sort of stage at the moment where I, I just want to do different things all the time. I, I, I'd never done a musical before. I mean, admittedly, I'm cheating in this because I don't sing in it. But I mean, that's uh, that's it's maybe it's a way of sort of putting my toes in the water. <laughs> Going to the theatre as a member of the audience, I always get more excited sitting in an audience when the you know if a band starts tuning up and and then the curtain goes up and there's a sort of nice set there and and, um, and I love it when people sing and I and I think there are some marvellous numbers in this in this show and so I thought it was going to be fun I thought that um, it, it, another thing is that I wanted to do I, I wanted to do something that made the audience go away feeling happy you know really rather serious <laughs> difficult theatre recently um, where no matter how well you do it in fact the better you do it the more unhappy the audience are at the end because it's all you know they're all about you know life and death and uh, God and eternity and uh, <laughs> oh you know, huge, awesome subjects where if you do it properly, the audience should feel as if they've been hit on the head with an eight-pound hammer, at, well, five-pound hammer <laughs> at the end. Um, I thought it would be rather nice to do something where they went away with a nice smile on their faces. Have you enjoyed working in the provinces again? Oh, yes, but then, I mean, I seem to have spent the last, <laughs> the last five, six years, I've spent probably 50% of my time touring. What's the future for Simon Ward? Are you getting movie offers all the time still? No, I'm not getting movie offers all the time still. Obviously, I'm in a different age group now anyway. It's a difficult thing because I'm not really in the age group to play. And my daughter's 21. I mean, she's making movies at the moment. But I could never play my, my, my daughter's father on the screen. It would look really rather silly because I don't actually look old enough on the screen to have a 21-year-old daughter. I mean, I know that's, it's, that sounds rather sort of um, <laughs> egotistical or sort of vain or something, but it's in fact true. I mean, it looks silly. And so, I mean, a, you know, and, and yet on the other hand, it's sort of rather obscene for me to still be playing, you know, sort of young 30s, uh, which is the basically the age group which, you know, young heroes are at now. So, in a way, it's been a good thing because it's released me you know, the temptation of doing movies when they're offered is very intense. So, um, and you usually say yes if you're asked. So, and I'm going to do, um, I'm very excited, and sort of three weeks after I finish this, I'm uh, going into rehearsals for a production of Terence Rattigan's Ross, which uh, we're doing at Plymouth and Toronto, and 
Bath, I think, and then into the Old Vic for eight weeks. And I never thought, I mean, no more than I ever thought that I'd be asked to play Winston Churchill, that I ever think I'd be asked to play Lawrence of Arabia. So <laughs> it's two good ones side by side there. So I think to have played, uh, I mean, anyone in anyone, because I'm not, I mean, I'm, people don't usually think of me as a sort of character actor, but if I, in the last, what is it, 15 years, I'll have played, um, I'll have played the devil and I'll have played Christ and I'll have played Winston Churchill and Lawrence of Arabia, <laughs> and I think that's a fairly good quartet. Is the theatre healthy in Britain, do you think, Simon? Yeah, I, I, I think interest in the theatre is still very, very healthy indeed. While we still talk about it and while we still argue about it, I think that's a very good sign. Also, I mean, compared to, say, when I started touring, which is 25 years ago practically, the theatres that were closing then, the theatres that were so appallingly falling down and dilapidated that, you know, you were depressed to appear on the stage, let alone what the audience must have felt like sitting in those drafty, you know, the, the seats falling apart, the roof leaking. You know. And everyone said then, well, this is it, this is the end, and in 20 years' time there will be no theatre in this country apart from maybe Manchester and London. That's going to be it. Well, the opposite has happened. I mean, we've got the Royal Shakespeare here at the moment touring, um, the National Theatre's touring at the moment, and they're playing in um, mostly in sort of school halls and places, but it, or, and in small theatres and civic centres and art centres, but all with excellent facilities. And there's still a very lively touring theatre, and as for the provincial theatre as such, I mean, the great centres of excellence like um, Manchester, Birmingham, Bristol, they're healthier than they've ever been, and of course it, it is costing a certain amount of money on rates and things and in grants, and there's always going to be arguments about that, people are always going to be arguing about, you know, should we spend, be spending the money on it, but so far the money is being spent, and it seems to me that it's um, good and healthy that it's being spent. I think that that the argument's good about it as well. I think it would be a terrible thing if the, th if, if the money was being thrown at the theatre. It's too easy to just sit back in comfort and say, oh, well, we've got to, you know, our grant will go up by 50% next year, and then, hey, hey, boys, you know, we're all on the gravy train. There's never been any suggestion there's any gravy train for art subsidies in Britain. But um, while we keep fighting to try and get some of them to keep them lively, I think it's all all right. Simon, just before we go, are you still interested in sport? Do you still keep fit? Well, I still play tennis. <laughs> um, actually, I've been on a Middle Eastern tour this year. And when I came back from that, I think I was probably fitter than, um, than I've ever been in my life. I mean, I was swimming um, a couple of miles a day. I doubt very much whether I could swim two, <laughs> two miles a day today. But then this has been a very long, tiring tour. <laughs> yeah. Simon Ward, thank you very much for speaking to us. Thank you. Wish you continued success in the future. Thanks. John Hannam, host of British Radio's longest-running non-stop chat show. This is your life. Today has been a Ward family special. You've heard an interview recorded in 2019 with Sophie Ward at the Milton Keynes Theatre and a Hannam archive from 1985 when I interviewed her late father, Simon Ward, backstage at Sandown Pavilion. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now. 